From the INSA community, this is Spread the Word, a podcast brought to you by GIA. We hope to spread awareness of gender-related topics and issues by interviewing people from our campus. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Megan. I'm Erin. I'm Yihan. I'm Ashley. I'm Brooke. And um, today, we're going to be talking about the prevalence of sexual assault in society and what we can do. So the first question that we kind of just wanted to discuss among each other is, are there any stigmas that um, we have noticed? And if so, why do we think they exist? Um, I feel like for this question, a big stigma that I personally noticed is um, sometimes people, they'll be like, oh, why don't you just like say no? I feel like that's something that like I noticed a lot. And like when people have, like when survivors tell their stories, they like mentioned how it was a little bit difficult because they were afraid that people would be like, like looked down upon and they'd be seen as inferior. And I definitely think that's one of the big stigmas around um, sexual assault and why it's so important that we make it like a comfortable environment for them to speak about. It can easily be seen as something that can be prevented easily, but sometimes, unfortunately, it's not the case. So I think that's one of like the stigmas that I've noticed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the other big problems is that people oftentimes seem very reluctant to talk about um, topics of sexual assault and and of consent. And I think this is as much of a a product of the sort of Puritan culture that we live in and uh, one of wanting to avoid personal responsibility. Because on the one hand, we kind of live um, in an education system that for a very long time has been very, very, um, very, very restrictive about what topics regarding um, sexuality and sex that uh, can be addressed in classrooms. And and for a long time, you know, people don't learn about consent or people don't learn about sexual assault and stuff like that in school. They don't, we in large part are absorbing these attitudes, not from um, institutions that want the best for ourselves and for other people, but rather from the people who are around us who might be already perpetuating um, un- unhealthy um, uh, practices regarding consent and um, sexual behavior. And so I think that this is definitely changing in our schools today. Of course, we at GIA are trying to help with that. And um, I would hope that a lot of schools start to implement um, more programs about sexual assaults and sexual assault awareness and consent, of course, because these are so, so important for people to learn as they um, start to get older. Um, But on the other hand, there's also the issue of people not wanting to accept personal responsibility for their own behaviors, because if you aren't personally willing to to behave in a way that is respectful towards others, then of course that's going to be a problem. And then you don't want to talk about the issue of sexual assault because you want to absolve yourself of any responsibility because you think like, wow, if I just, if I don't let anyone talk about this, then personally, I will never be held responsible. And this is such a big issue. And this is why it's really important for people to speak up about sexual assault, because otherwise, you know, it's always going to be this sort of, the the things that need to be said are always going to be suppressed by people who otherwise would be held responsible for it. And so stuff like this, and also I know this is, we're gonna talk about this later, but just you know, speaking up online and stuff like that is so, so important for getting the word out about consent, about healthy relationships and about uh, sexual assault awareness because otherwise um, it will never be addressed. Okay, um, I, uh, so, well, I agree with both Megan and Nihon. Um, I think some other stigmas that I've noticed have been victim blaming. 
Oh, for instance, they like say, oh, well, maybe you should have said no, or like, like they just minimize like the situation, I'd say. Um, and a lot of like bystanders, like they don't know what to do. So I feel like educating people on like how to act and like how to help people instead of just standing there and like letting the situation pass by. I also feel like there's not a lot of like importance for the survivors. Like the culture or like the whole system is run by people who like they just put them aside and just like try to like ignore or avoid the situation that happened. And um kind of adding on to what Yunhan said about like online presence and like the culture around media. The next question that we wanted to talk about is what are our opinions on the Me Too movement and the Not All Men movement? So I can go first in answering this one. To be honest, while I do I do understand why some people might respond to hashtag me too with not all men. Like I do understand the place that they're coming from and the mindset that they might be in. Of course, I don't think that's the most productive way to actually address the root problem, which is the prevalence of sexual harassment and assault. Um, and in responding to the not all men movement, I know there's a lot of people online who get very stressed about the people who um, are like not all men movement supporters. But at the same time, I think for any uh, big social justice movement that gains traction, there's always going to be some, you know, response hashtag or response uh, movement. And so we should try not to get too caught up in that and um, giving them even more attention. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, you can respond with not all men or, or respond to not all men uh, with a bunch of statistics or like your own argument but that's not what's going to solve sexual assault, in my opinion, or like solve the prevalence of harassment and assault. Yeah, I have to agree with Aaron. I think especially um, the whole idea that sometimes when you have a social movement, the, uh, the whole idea that you can kind of just debate detractors into agreeing, I think sometimes that's definitely a good thing. But other times, especially when people aren't really approaching the conversation in good faith in the first place, it's really better to just not waste your time with it. because especially like i think anti-feminism on online especially is a very very toxic environment and one that's definitely uh, echo chamber-esque because you know a lot of these online communities are sort of their own little ecosystems in and of themselves very isolated from reality sometimes very stuck in like 2012. and the problem with this is that you try if you try to break in it will almost be seen as evidence that you know, you as a feminist, you as someone who advocates for women's rights is really trying to infiltrate their in-group and disrupt things. And when you face people like this, the best thing you can do is to be louder, I think, because honestly, you can try and address these attitudes, but over time, they're going to fade out as long as you make the right decisions, the right uh, choices and the right actions on a much larger scale. And I think that's where the power of Me Too is, because Me Too is such a global and such an all-encompassing movement that anybody can really have a voice in, that you can institute change and make things happen that are so vast in scale, you have that power. And if you do that, then eventually the little voices at the very bottom of the barrel, you know, swimming around in the, the pond scum will eventually be washed away. And I think that's the power of participating in things like Me Too. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with what everyone had to say. And um, so I guess leaning into more about talking about sexual assault, I was wondering what you guys think is like the most effective way to spread sexual assault awareness. Um, When it comes to like sexual assault awareness, I feel like the best way is kind of just like what you can do is really just be more open-minded and be more understanding of like survivor situations because there's only so much you can do personally. And if you just become more open-minded, you can kind of help facilitate a community and start a culture that is more welcoming to survivors and doesn't shame them like how our culture does right now with like the whole victim blaming situations and the stigmas that we talked about uh, beforehand. Adding on to that, I think, I think with sexual assault awareness and preventing it, there's a lot of um, organization driven um, activism to create policies or provide resources or centers to help victims and survivors. But at the end of the day, a lot of this happens like just among friends or communities or people you know. It's not as official, always official of these many incidents were reported or this happened in this community, like on the news. So what I'm trying to say is sexual assault is so prevalent that you're most likely going to interfere with it in your personal life, not just in your like activist life or in work life or some public setting. So having the knowledge to uh, combat stigmas that people have talked about earlier and using that um, within your friend groups, within your personal communities, I think is the most effective way to spread awareness and to prevent cases from happening again, because we can create centers or put out resources for the strangers that we don't know or the survivors that, um, like however many survivors in the next statistic that will be reported. But, you know, if your best friend, if you can't be there for your best friend, if you don't know how to be there for your best friend, then ultimately, our goal will not be reached like if that makes sense so at the end of the day I think it's more important to focus on the people around you and in those informal settings as well as doing a quote-unquote official stuff like running organizations or doing activism and I think just to conclude it I had this like overall overarching question for everyone um so what do you what are some ways that IMSA students specifically who are probably listening to this podcast right now, um, what ways can they get involved during a sexual assault awareness month? Oh, the students can personally like inform themselves and educate themselves on like how to help survivors, what to do instead of just like like not being a bystander, I'd say. Um participating in a volunteer work would also be another good way that IMSA students outside of school can do to get involved. Signing petitions and even themselves starting petitions would also probably be a good way um, inside of IMSA. Um, This is not really related to the question, but I think one of the things that the IMSA administration or the whole community as a whole can do is have more events like the one Dr. Glazer held where he received feedback from students Yeah, and in terms of educating yourself, one really great resource is rain.org, or uh, if you spell it out, R-A-I-N-N.org. So I would recommend starting there if you're trying to find more information or even resources for bystander intervention and things like that.
Yeah, and actually going on top of uh, on top of what Ashley said, um, there are actually uh, a lot of organizations, either local or nationwide, that you can join. Um, there are, for example, uh, sexual assault and domestic abuse hotlines that you can actually volunteer for. Um, there are also women's shelters and uh, sexual assault centers um, in your local region that you can find just with a quick Google search. And oftentimes these may be small, but and even if they don't have necessarily a formal uh, like volunteering program, you can probably just go and email whoever's running the place, ask them how you can help out, and they will reach out to you because there are always less barriers, I think, that to getting involved than there seem to be. Uh, as long as you're willing to make that phone call or send that email, there will be ways that you can go and help out in your local community and nationwide as well. Okay, so those are all the questions that we had today. But I want to thank everyone who is listening and for everyone um, a part of the SAW committee. Uh, for helping contribute to this episode and um thank you for listening thank you so much for listening to this episode if you want to know what gia is up to please follow us at gia.imsa and join our facebook group titled gender equity association we hope you were able to take something away from this episode and as always be sure to spread the word